0: I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business. And I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Welcome to Jack Rants with Modern Bankers brought to you by REL Pro and Vertical IQ. Each week I feature top voices in financial services from bankers and consultants to best-selling authors and many more. The goal of this program is simple, to provide insights, success practices, and to bring new ideas to the table that you can use to maximize your results. I got some trivia questions for you. Which CMO was a speechwriter for an American president? Interesting. What CMO in Mississippi was a taste tester for Nutter Butters and Oreos? Which CMO has the top podcast in bank marketing today and boasts a best-selling book too? Well, those honors all belong to my guest today john oxford chief marketing officer at renaissance bank john was a student of mine at bank marketing school at northwestern university way back in 2006. he's gone on to great success as a banker a husband a father and a true true professional his book no more next time marketing in the age of distraction we're going to talk about that today it's topped the amazon list when he wrote his Marketing Money podcast with his co-host Josh Mabus gets thousands of listens whenever it's on. I'm so thrilled and really honored to welcome one of the great marketing minds and professionals in banking today. It's John Oxford on Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. Here we go. So as I mentioned, I, I met John, gosh, 25 years ago, maybe, maybe not quite that long and his partner in the uh podcast that he does that we're going to talk about I've had Josh on my show before John great to have you with us we really appreciate it
1: oh i'm i'm glad to be here this is a this is kind of a homecoming getting to talk to you so this is great
0: it is it is um and i'm really looking forward to this program uh and to talk about marketing and As we roll into 2024, this program is being taped in December, but we're going to talk, it's probably going to be on late in January, um, and we're going to talk about marketing and what's happening in bank marketing. But first, as you know, John, I always like to start by uh, saying, tell me something good. What's good in your life?
1: Well, I'll tell you what's good is talking to you today, and I know that sounds a little cliche, but here's why. 2006. A young John Oxford who was uh, in his 20s took a class at ABA Bank Marketing School with a guy named Jack Hubbard in 2006. And man, it was great. And uh, I didn't know where my career would go. And you're one of those people that really had a part in deciding where my career went. And you're one of the best teachers at the school. And I don't say that just because I'm on the show. I tell people they don't ever listen, like listen to Jack Hubbard. He knows the fun fundamentals and the foundations. And we can talk digital and AI and chat and all that stuff. But if you don't have the foundation you teach, you can't go anywhere. And so uh, the good is that you're here and we're talking. And it's kind of, it's a real homecoming moment. I mean, 2006, what, 16, 17 years ago, I don't know, do the math. I was sitting in a classroom in Northwestern up in Chicago. And it's uh, Northwestern, Northwestern, yeah, whichever one it is, whatever school it is. And, uh, and you taught me. And so uh, now I'm CMO of a $17 billion company. At the time, I was just a... Little marketing assistant for a two billion dollar bank. So uh, you talk about a career trajectory, and now I'm talking to you. So if if anything's good, it's that it's what you've given back to the the uh, banking community is sitting right in front of you today. So this is great. Oh,
0: that's very kind, John. And uh, you know, I did 32 years at the Bank Marketing School, and and people like Lance Kessler and uh, and John Capitasto and uh, the people at ABA are just wonderful people. So thank you for that. Well, uh, sure, That that's kind of you to say that I helped you kind of launch, but you've done it and you've done, you've had a great career. And I want to start by talking about your book, No More Next Time. I think you published it in 2020 and it's No More Next Time Marketing in the Age. Oh, there you go, John, in the age of distraction. So you wrote it and you published it right when the pandemic was going on. Um, and now here we are in 2024. Four years doesn't sound like a long time, but in marketing age, it's it's forever. Talk about the book, what you saw in the book, and what's changed in twenty twenty four. If you were going to write it again, what would you what would you add?
1: I would probably add a, a chapter. So I, I talk about the four C's in the book, which is uh, content, connection, conversion, and campaigns. I would probably add another C of context. Mm-hmm. I think where we are in the world now, things get taken out of context. The cancellation of Celebrities and marketing and mistakes people make. You can go back and look at case studies of Bud Light and Pepsi and Toyota and look at all these companies and what they've done and how they've pivoted. And so I would talk a little bit more about context and how the context matters, especially in, in the world of social media. I would probably add a little bit about AI and artificial intelligence that wasn't really Chat GPT wasn't really a thing in 2019 yet. So I'd probably add something about usage of it and Maybe the overhypeness of it at this point, it may become something amazing and that you have to add, but right now it's, I don't think it's taking jobs from marketers, but you definitely need to understand it and keep an eye on it. Uh, at this point, it does help uh, you know, with some efficiencies. So I would probably add a chapter about that, but I think still the the four C's, I transitioned from the four P's of marketing, the four C's in the book. And anyway, I still think they're very relevant. It's easy to start a marketing campaign. If you look at your content, how it connects, uh, then how you convert it. Because as you know, being a salesperson, if you can't convert it, what's the point in doing all this stuff? You're not going to be around a long time if you can't convert your marketing. Uh, and then you bundle that in a campaign. So the 4Cs the still work, but i would probably add something about AI and something about context uh, in the way things are delivered to your audience. I want to come back to
0: campaigns uh, in, in a second, but content is is so important. And as you, you're on LinkedIn quite a lot, I'm obsessed with LinkedIn and I do a lot of content there. But one of the things that you did, really smart, and I don't know how long you've been doing this in terms of years, but you've had 160 episodes, the Marketing Money Podcast with Josh Mabus, the Mabus Agency. Josh, you, I, I've listened to your programs, John, they're amazing, they're so much fun, but they're also a practical approach to this. Talk about the show, how it got started and, and, and why you did it.
1: Oh, I was on spring break in 2017, 16 or something like that. And I was listening to uh, Freakonomics radio, which is one of my favorite podcasts and I love their stuff. And I was like, you know, maybe we could do something like this about bank marketing. And at the time there were a couple out there and now there's a hundred thousand podcasts you can get on marketing, whatever. And there, there weren't as many then there were still some. And uh, anyway, Josh, one of my best friends as far and, and colleagues and, um, we're super close. And so anyway, uh, we talked and I said, well, I think we can do this. And he has the staff and, and he and I had the the time to, you know, grab a cup of coffee every couple of weeks and put a couple of episodes together. And we started, and honestly, I think it was just kind of like the, the maybe embarrassing thought of what are my friends going to think? Are they going to think I'm an idiot hearing me talk just, you know, out loud, just unfiltered. And, uh, we filtered a little bit, but, uh, but anyway, uh, all of a sudden, I had friends that were like, "Man, I listen to it. When's the next one coming out?" And then my mom listens to everyone and gives me feedback. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Okay, people really like it." And then it kind of led to a couple of speaking engagements and some other stuff. So uh, the the auxiliary stuff that happened around it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, so we started that a few years ago, and we've gotten a few lists. Well, I think we have thirty to forty thousand listens overall. It's about a couple thousand per episode, and because it's a pretty tailored podcast, it's not broad and neither yeah. one of us are celebrities. So, you know, you got to take down the, you hear these people get millions of listens. Well, there's reasons why. Uh, but ours is we we've got a lot of CMOs and marketing directors, sales directors, revenue officers, uh, those type that listen to it when we look at the data. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a labor of love, but it's pretty fun to get out there and preach a little bit to the choir every once in a while.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned CMOs. I'm curious, John, if, why aren't more community bankers? And I don't know if it's a marketing director that is on the podcast or if it's a marketing director that starts it and then has guests like the bank president and head of business and things like that. Why aren't more community bankers taking this, this up and doing podcasts?
1: I think time, talent, vulnerability. I think people are scared to get out there. It Podcast is public speaking and it, and it is. And it's one of the, what is it? It's like death, taxes, public speaking, like things people hate, you know? Uh, and so uh, I think people are scared of it. I think they're too vulnerable. They're afraid I'll say something, no one will like it. And then I'll I'll make a UDAP expression or I'll do something out of compliance. So there's the, there's the fear and the risk, time and talent. Most community bankers have about 18 different hats they have to wear. Some of them are HR. Some of them are, are sales compliance. They do treasury management. Some of them are lenders and marketing. So the smaller the bank, the less time you have to divide up your day for a podcast and then talent. I mean, it does take a little bit of, of talent to be able to, to talk on a podcast. Same way like you teaching a class. It takes talent to get up in front of a group and do it. Um, I, in another life, I, I taught at a couple of universities and I still teach at a couple of banking schools on the marketing front. And I, I, I tell a lot of classes when I teach public speaking because that, that was one of the courses I taught was you can be the best engineer, you can be the best doctor, you can be the best whatever. But if you can't publicly speak and pass that job interview or get in the door to communicate, those, ta- those tactical talents don't matter. Uh, and I, th- I think there's a lot of tactical talent gap in community banking with CMOs. I think they can, you know, turn in a report or they can look at a CRM or they can run a sales you know, contest or whatever in their bank uh, or campaign. But a lot of times being able to get up and be the one that does it themselves, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's tricky. Uh, I used to also work at the white house for a little bit in the speech writing area and they would often try to get the speech writers to go give speeches you know, here are these guys that write for the president and the cabinet and the secretaries, but when do they actually go out and actually deliver speeches? And that was a challenge they had because a lot of them were really good writers, but put them in front of 500 people and they would melt. And so I think that's a big thing is kind of like the podcast. Are you good at doing that? And can you do it? I think that's where a lot of the, the fear and vulnerability comes in.
0: Well, I can't let this go now. You, you You mentioned the White House. What president
1: George W. Bush. So 50% of the people hate me and 50%
0: of the people like me. <laughs> well, talk about the experience. What, what
1: was it like? Uh, it was great. I was a junior staffer. I was I was right out of a campaign. It was 2001 to 2003. Uh, biggest day was 9-11, obviously. I was in the White House. Uh, interesting story. Uh, when the planes hit uh, the Pentagon and then the, the plane hit the Pentagon, the two planes hit the towers, we were in a meeting discussing the stem cell um, communication because the, the president George Bush was going to make a decision on stem cells and how it would work as, as opposed to different medical conditions and how they could use it and draw the cells. And we were working on it. And all of a sudden the secret service came in, they swept the secretary of uh, the secretary uh, who was Tommy Thompson, health and human services. They swept a bunch of other people out and said, go, go get them out. And they looked at me and said, do you have family? Are you married? I said, no, no. Cause I was single out of school. And they said, you're staying behind. So I became the essential employee that ran the Department of Health and Human Services as a 24 year old kid out of school. (laughs) And so I sat there and took phone calls from CNBC and MSNBC and talked about what the response was going to be to cleaning up uh, in New York. I knew nothing. I was just passing along messages that I was getting. Uh, And then I walked home that night down D.C. in the dark. There was no cabs. There was no trains running. I walked about a mile to my house and it was just an eerie night. Weather was perfect. September, you remember, everyone remembers that day. It was perfect weather. Uh, But yeah, I was, I was labeled essential because I was basically had no family or, or kids. So uh, they said, you can stay behind and work in the office. So it was a crazy day, crazy day.
0: That's amazing. And and John, I was going to ask you about writing another book, marketing book. You could write a book about what your experience was that day and the experience in the White House.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I've got I've got a small mention in Carl Rove's book, the former uh, advisor of the president. I drove him in the ice one time and our car spun around and we thought we were going to crash. So I almost ended the presidency. So you might have liked me if uh, if that am, because I was I was his driver for like a day or two when he needed someone to drive around before he had Secret Service. So I have got lots of cool stories from that. It was a, another lifestyle, another lifetime. Uh, but I learned a lot about it. I learned a lot about people and kind of how our government works or doesn't work in some ways. Uh, So I take credit with the criticism of of working for that president and I kind of watch how the others work these days too. So it was a fun experience.
0: What a great, what a great experience. Well, experience is is something I want to talk about as well. You've mentioned campaigns a couple of times I'm curious, one of the things I see as a huge deficit in marketing and sales marketing uh, is marketing will put a campaign together about whatever but they fail to connect it to the sales process. They fail to put questions together, talking points, objection handling. Um, meetings, uh, let's have a role play around, around all this. You've got a $17 billion bank and a pretty big footprint. When you do a campaign, talk about how you try to connect marketing and sales together.
1: So so full disclosure, that's probably one of the weakest things I do, honestly. Uh, we, we're really good at branding. We're really good at creative. I mean, I wore my jersey today for Renaissance with our <laughs> soccer team that we sponsor in Nashville. Uh, t- I typically try to wear it when I do marketing stuff. Cause it's one of the biggest investments we've done as a marketing team uh, and it's fun. And I don't have to wear a tie or a jacket when I wear it. So it's kind of fun. But to that point, uh, it's probably one of the weakest things we do full vulnerable here is, is you know, we roll out a campaign with Kirk Herbstreet, our spokesperson or a community development campaign or something we do in the market. And getting it to our not only front line, but second line, because the, the front line, your tellers, your CSRs, your front folks, but then the second line of those commercial lenders, those treasury management specialists, uh, investment advisors, you know, all that mortgage originators, all that second tier, that kind of the next level you meet. A lot of times we kind of forget hey, we need to tell them this is going on. We need to say, hey, when Kirk talks about rewards checking, he's talking about how you can get these benefits for doing the checking. And sometimes, that's kind of where we rush it to the marketplace because we're so excited to get this new campaign out. We've got the creative and the social and the tactics and the communication and it's web and digital and geofenced. And then it's got a call center ready for it because we've communicated with them that they may get calls. And then all of a sudden we kind of forget that when the customer calls their banker, they need to know too. And sometimes the banker's like, yeah, I saw it on LinkedIn or I saw it on social, but we try to put out a, an email about every other Friday I do. I call it the four for Friday and I put it out within our bank and it has four points of what's going on this week in marketing or within two weeks. So, uh, and I try to make it fun. It's very um, unfiltered. I I type up a little story about something going on in in the marketplace or in the world, almost SNL, like Uh, try not to get myself in trouble because this world today you can with context, as I said. Uh, But yeah, that's huge. And I think it's a place where a lot of people miss and that's where you'll see the the disconnect between sales and marketing. When you have a branding campaign going, uh, for instance, everyone wants funding right now, so we're trying to raise deposits. Deposits, where well, your commercial lender is generally, you know, they're compensated off their loans, and so when they're out there, they're but they've got to fund their loans, and so it helps them get it through credit, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so if they're not hooked up to your deposit campaign, whether it be something as simple as CDs or something as robust as growing internal with a CRM and go into different um you know whatever personas of people to get them into the bank or have you're scoring your customer they need to know what the campaign's going to be because if they don't it can be very odd when they talk to customers see marketing yet the person in the bank hasn't um so yeah i think that's probably what i would say one of my weaknesses is really it's not communication it's the it's the making sure they've gotten the message internally before it goes externally
0: yeah no that's a really good point um, and, and I love what you said about the the Friday Four, the the four p- bullet points. That is so easy to do, and that that's what I like about doing this show, and I know you do too. Is finding practical nuggets that people could say, you know, I could do that, and it's it's absolutely pretty easy to do. You talked about CRM. I, I want to talk about tools. Uh, we have two great sponsors, Vertical IQ and pro, both absolutely amazing tools you mentioned CRM what are some of the other tools that your folks in marketing are using to to help you become more efficient and effective
1: yeah so i, I don't want to you know, necessarily mention something against your sponsors or your show uh but 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 just got to be full disclosure for what we use we're a salesforce bank so we use a lot of salesforce uh then we have our own internal system we built called share a wallet and we've got some guys internally that run that and it's our own I guess it's proprietary. It's our own deal that we use. We merge those together. Uh, and then we also have our core with FIS. So we use some of their tools. So you've got your core, you've got Salesforce, you've got our own share of wallet. And then we use like Pardot and we use, uh, we use what used to be social studio, but now we've moved that, um, to use some different uh, social solutions, uh, with Ben Pancone and his group. So we've got a, we've got a, a bunch of different groups out there. Um, and, and partners that we combine and use all of them. But uh, Salesforce is our key one with our share a wallet uh, internal system. And uh, we, we combine those and we go to town, man. We look, you know, pull your mortgage customers, see which ones don't have deposits, pull your deposit customers, see which ones don't have savings accounts. And then just start marketing back and forth to those groups, time together, and then put them in the automation loop. And they get an email every 14 to 21 days. And then we monitor that and you do your opt outs and so anyway any marketer with their salt will know how to do these things that's pretty fundamental now but you have to have the money and the and the investment in the tech to do it
0: and you talked about money which is a, the next logical thing to talk about which is budgets where are you seeing marketing budgets in 2024 and how are you seeing budgets compiled in community banks
1: so i always I, my ratio is always a million dollars in marketing for every billion in assets so I always say that. So whatever size you are, that's where I think your benchmark should be. A lot of banks won't give you that much money. Some will, but then they'll consider marketing, investing in technology or something else, which really isn't marketing or sales. So let's ask for, million for a million dollars for on every billion in assets and then chop your pie up. And uh, the second thing I think banks don't do well or community banks is me- is measure your marketing dollars that are seen by the public. You can spend a lot on creative. You can have a $100,000 commercial, but if you only have $25,000 to put it in the marketplace, you've really skewed yourself, but also make sure you're investing in the creative because I don't want to see something made with an iPhone that gets on television because then it's running up against national companies and it makes you look cheap. So you've got to balance that, but you still want the majority of your dollars going to public eyes or public sales from marketing. Uh, So you can, you know, Don't go spend a million dollars on Salesforce if that's going to rob your budget of any ability to deliver a message to the audience. Uh, So that's where I would say when you look at your budget, put that pie at 70% of it going public facing, 30% being your internal creative, your internal buying, your internal uh, whatever tactical uh, vendors you want to use, whatever you want to use. Um, you know, if you're going to do social assurance to do your social, or if you're going to do um, whatever marquee or whatever it is, make sure that the money you're spending on that is not detracting or taking away from the money that's going to be going to public facing marketing campaigns.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. So uh, marketing people do wear a lot of hats and one of those hats is digital. And that's, Is so encompassing. Digital could, you know, obviously advertising, but it also does get into social channels. Two questions. How how has your bank gone digital? And what are
1: some social channels that you're using? So let me give you a disclaimer. I, I tend to call digital the fascinating distraction. I think it's fascinating. AI is fascinating. Digital is fascinating, but it's also a distraction from the fundamentals of how you convert a customer and how you grow your wallet, your share wallet, which is you know what you teach is, is going down the line and really digging deep on what the customer needs and then adding to that uh, share wallet. But, but as far as digital goes, um, I think social media is way underutilized by banks. I think it's one of the most underutilized tactical things we have. It's not free, but it's a free channel. So TV is not a free channel. You know, it costs. Direct mail is not a free channel. It costs money to get a stamp. It costs money to put a television on during the uh, an ad on during the Super Bowl. It costs a lot of money. Doesn't cost any money to use Twitter or X as we call it now, or use Facebook or use LinkedIn. Uh, and so, um, I think the the channel reduction allows you to spend more on creative to try to get that virality or viral ad or viral whatever we SEC Shorts is one we use. Every Monday we do a video about what went on the SEC football during the weekend. We get 100 million views on that. We can't buy a television commercial other than the Super Bowl that would ever get that many views. And we, we don't buy a national ad because we're not a national bank. Uh, so it's important to realize that, that 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 channel is there. And I think as far as your second part, I think what social media, I love Facebook because uh sell CDs. You can sell CDs really well on Facebook. I think it's good for community posting pictures of your bank out in the community doing good works. Uh, Twitter is good for information. It's more like a news station, so you can promote on that. Uh, LinkedIn is great for recruitment. I mean, recruiting people, finding people, getting premium and going in and looking at their resume. I mean, you don't have to make a resume anymore. Just go to LinkedIn and look at it. So it's a great recruiting tool. I think it's a good sales tool for the right market. Uh, I don't think you're going to run a bunch of retail deposits off LinkedIn. You may differ, but I I think you can do some commercial. I think you can do some treasury sales. Uh, you got to know how to mine it properly, but I think it's good for a certain market uh, with LinkedIn. And Instagram matches up with Facebook, just a little younger demo. So we're really on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and X. Uh, we don't really toy with many others unless you consider YouTube a social media channel. We love YouTube, uh, but it's a little less social and a little more just content consuming. So that, that would be my my five areas that I look at with social media.
0: So we've we've thrown around some numbers, million dollars, uh, you know, Kirk is your spokesperson, social, et cetera. One of my really good friends in the industry, and I'm sure you know him, is Tom Hirschberger. And Tom has taught with me for many years at, uh, at various schools. One of the things Tom teaches is marketing ROI. So I'm sure that if there was a marketing person out watching and they could raise their hand and say, I have a question for John, it would be how do you measure ROI with all of the budgets that you put together and all the media that you use?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I hate the answer. It depends because there's no silver bullet to anything. But if it's a if it's a deposit campaign, it's obviously how much did you spend? What's the deposit valued? How many did you open? Subtract the spent the the spend, and there you got your ROI on deposit campaign. It gets a little trickier on events. Like if Kirk speaks at an event for us and we invite a hundred people, you know, you want to invite. We usually tell our our you know, our bankers to invite two or three people, try to invite some current customers and some non-current customers. And then we, you know, get a guest list. We can put it in our our share a wallet system or, or Salesforce. You can look at, you know, score how valuable they are to the bank with the products they have, try to add products, try to match them to people that, that don't have uh, the product, but look like them, twin them up. You know, this business has this product. This one doesn't. Can we sell to them? Uh, weirdly enough, our bank does factoring. If you're a Uh, And we also uh, we also if you 2.5 million, we have a hedging uh, area in the bank where we can help large businesses hedge their interest rates. So, you know, how do you sell? Well, you look for someone that has over 2.5 million with your bank and you look at that customer and try to introduce them to that line of business. Uh, So I think the ROI is different for everything you do, but you need to have it. Uh, I would say television is the hardest ROI we have. Uh, for banks, because we don't have restaurants where people can go two to three times a day, we don't sell shoes, so we don't put a Nike ad up and then watch us sell LeBron shoes and count the number of shoes over the ad buy and figure out the ROI. It's really hard to do that with bank marketing because we don't have inventory. Our inventory is people uh, and interest rates, so it's it's a hard hard ROI on TV. But uh, but with social, if you put a campaign out there, you know add up the products that come through it and then try to measure it. Uh, ROI is really hard for marketing. And, and uh, Tom's good at talking about that. He has a great radio voice, by the way, Tom has a good voice. Uh, it's kind of soothing. You're sitting in the class. If, if you have the afternoon class, classes might go to sleep after lunch. Cause he's, he's a soothing speaker. That's not a knock at his, uh, his ability to deliver. He's a, he's a, he's a good speaker, but yeah, he does teach well in ROI. Um, but I think, you know, it just depends. If, if you gave me a specific thing to ROI, I can usually figure it out. TV's hard. Uh, things like branding over social media is hard every few years, maybe do a branding survey, Uh, find out your um, aided awareness, unaided awareness or no awareness, the three awarenesses. Uh, You know, if you're aided, someone tells you the name, they say, yeah, I've heard of it. If they're unaided, they tell you they've heard of it without you asking and no awareness means they've never heard of you. So you want to be in that aided or awareness category versus non-awareness. That's where branding comes in. So there's ways to measure it. Uh, but I is hard for marketers in, in banking because there's not a there's not a physical inventory product.
0: Yeah, it's tough. A um, couple more questions. Uh, one is the, here's the frustration when I teach at banking schools. And this has been a forever issue. I'm a community bank marketing professional. And you mentioned you kind of started in a two billion dollar bank. I'm in a two billion dollar bank on the CMO. I'm not in the executive suite. I, I I don't get to sit at the big kids table. What do I need to do, John, to be able to prove that I'm worthy of sitting at the big kids table?
1: A few things. I think one is asked to be on ALCO. has to be on the, the ALCO committee because you can listen. Uh, and I wouldn't hop in there and start giving a bunch of opinions because at the time you're the marketer. They They think of you as, you know, marketing is really, Uh, taking art and creating commerce out of it. And that's what marketing is, is taking art and making commerce with it uh, through content. But um, get on Alco, learn how the bank makes money, understand non-interest income, interest income, and securities at a high level. So you know how the bank makes money and then start making an impact with your marketing campaigns that show that you're being of value to the bank and the Alco committee. So I think that's one. Uh, Secondly, get to know your CEO really well and start doing extra things for he or she. Uh, speech writing, give them information before a meeting that they might not get from somebody else. Um, don't be afraid to raise your hand in meetings, know what you're going to say. Don't just raise your, but I mean, know what you're going to say. So you're obviously providing some value. Uh, So I think those three things will, will get you going pretty well. I get to know your board. A lot of these community banks have boards, get to know your board really well and help them. I can't tell you how many times I've done a marketing project for a board member that has nothing to do with the bank. They want to help on some of their business. So do that, get get to know your board really well. Uh, and then a lot of it with community banking is just longevity. You have to outlive some people. I hate to say that, but community banks a lot of times are very family oriented. And so uh, you've got to get in with the family or the ownership of the bank really well. Uh, if they're publicly traded in a smaller bank, again, get to know your board, uh, work there for a while. Um, you know, you don't move to the C-suite the day one unless you're moving from a bank to a C-suite. So uh, it takes a little, little patience uh, and a little time of, of really proving your value and your worth.
0: Outstanding. Two more questions. What, if you look in your crystal ball and you said, all right, there's one thing I see for 2024 that's so important for bank marketing professionals and community banks, it is X. What's X? Made by bankers for bankers. Vertical IQ is your trusted source for reliable, convenient, and focused industry intelligence, helping your team save time, boost sales, and gain a competitive edge. Learn more at VerticalIQ.com.
1: X for me would be, this This is going to sound pretty cheesy, but don't forget the fundamentals. I'm telling you, we're getting into this fascinating distraction world where everyone's AI, chatbot, artificial intelligence, what are you doing? And then you forget your customer just wants to cash a check on Friday afternoon. And you're over here worrying about all this other stuff, and your bank doesn't have mobile deposit yet. Or or the, the customer is in line and, and someone's talking to them about, you know, adding a product and we forget as marketers because we're out here worried about what way we can, you know, artificially write content for a content article to create an SEO post that drives people to our website to get them onto this. And all, this, and all of a sudden you're forgetting that that customer just wants the cup of coffee and the quick conversation and to cash a check or to open a bank account for their kid going to college in the fall. And we forget the fundamentals of the human experience and the connection, like you said earlier, of the marketing campaign combining with the sales to know what we're delivering at the right time, at the right moment for that customer. Uh, So if I'm looking at Chris, I'm saying, don't forget the fundamentals of the customer. Don't forget the fundamentals of the customer, because I think we're getting way, way too distracted and fascinated with things that the customer honestly doesn't care about. So uh so let's let's stick to fundamentals in 2024.
0: Well, John, you have thousands of followers uh and rightly so. Um but I'm sure as a well-read individual and someone who uh wakes up in the morning and wants to learn more, you probably follow some people as well. Authors, podcasts, blogs, what do you, who are you following?
1: So I follow Skeletor. He's evil. I'm right. evil uh, diabolical. So I try to, uh, I try to think of what would Skeletor do every time I make a decision. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, but I do love some old He-Man cartoons from when I was a kid. Uh, I like Tom Goodwin on LinkedIn. I think he's kind of a, uh, kind of a contrarian. So I like his voice. I like Gary Vanderchuk. I know some people have some opinions on him. He's kind of a hot, hot and cold on stuff, but whatever. I like, I kind of like different opinions. So like Gary, I like Tom. I like, uh, Brent Gleason he's a former Navy seal and he writes about going to battle he has he has a book called Taking point which is about leadership so I like him um trying to think of some others I'm a big Freakonomics guy I love Dub- dubner and Levitt and uh you know all that type of stuff I, I love the kind of socioeconomic books uh so I'm into a bunch of those and and uh digital Darwinism was Tom Goodman's book about the digitalization of the world and it's it's repetitive, but it's a good book from you know the Ubers and the usage of apps and planes and tickets to concerts and how that impacts the world we live in. And so I, I love kind of socioeconomic books. I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a big nonfiction guy. I love movies, but I don't read a lot of nonfiction. I, I read a lot of practical solution books and and you know army military stuff in that area. So that's that's where my interests lie. Um, probably need to get a little bit weird that I'm considering myself a creative, but I'm not really into science fiction. But all the people I work with are a lot of nerds. So it's kind of cool to, to, I think I bring a lot of levity to our conversations with the, the Star Wars and Star Trekies that I work with. So,
0: made by bankers for bankers, Vertical IQ is your trusted source for reliable, convenient, and focused industry intelligence, helping your team save time, boost sales, and gain a competitive edge. Learn more at verticaliq.com. Well, you bring a lot to the banking world and in the conversations we need to be having about bank marketing and sales and things like that. How talk about how how I can sign up for your podcast, uh, how I can get your book, and how I can get a hold of you, John, if if uh, if I want to talk
1: more. Sure. So, uh, podcast is the uh, Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Uh, it's on you know iTunes it's on any of the little podcast um apps whatever you use there's a hundred of them that you can get a podcast but it's pretty much easy to find just Google or type in your browser marketingmoneypodcast.com and it's there uh usually do one every couple of weeks uh just timing wise it's hard to get one in uh but yeah every couple of weeks we, we release that uh the books on Amazon uh, if you just type in uh, no more next time John Oxford let me see, get the screen there you go no more next time John Oxford you get that on the screen. Get it is I don't know, $19, but it's like a dollar on the the audio, uh, not the audio, but the e-version is like a dollar. So it's it's pretty pretty easy to get. And if you want to get me, just go on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's probably the easiest way. But if you Google me, I'm on every press release Renaissance does as the CMO because we're publicly traded. Um, you yeah, know, I, I do a lot of our investor relations work as well as our political work too. So I don't just do marketing. So you may see me out there in some other areas. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm easy to find, easy to find. So because I'm on all the bank's comms and I'm on LinkedIn's really easy way to find me. So, uh, so yeah, I'm easy to get, man. I don't hide in the cave.
0: And you're easy to talk to John. We could go for hours. I'm sure. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise with us today.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on Jack and Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers with John Oxford. This and every program is brought to you by our great friends at Vertical IQ and RELPRO. Join us next time for more special guests, bringing you marketing, sales, and leadership insights, as well as ideas that will provide your bank or credit union that competitive edge you need to succeed. This LinkedIn Live show is also a podcast. Subscribe to get the latest editions of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, and please, please leave us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. Visit our website too. It's themodernbanker.com and you can get a lot more information about what we're doing there. And don't forget to sign up for our free public library at themodernbanker.com slash public library. And don't forget in 2024, make today and every day a great client day.